Savon Springer is the owner and founder of Native Assets. Any views expressed by Savon or his guests are their own thoughts and opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Native Assets or the guest's respective employer. Any guest appearance by representatives of Web3, NFT, crypto, or any other kind of organization does not constitute an endorsement by Native Assets or the guest's respective employer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be mistaken as financial advice. Always conduct your own due diligence and consult a qualified professional when considering any investments of any kind. Today's guest has been a leader in the art world for over a decade. As the founder and director of Art Pharmacy, she's helped deliver unique, creative, and culturally rich works to clients and galleries across the world. All the while, she stayed engaged with her community as an ambassador for the entrepreneur organization's Sydney branch and as a committee member at the Biennale of Sydney. Now she's sitting squarely at the crossroads crossroads of culture, art, and technology with her latest venture, Sugar Glider, a digital art platform powered by NFTs and backed by Animoca Brands. Joining us from Sydney, the author of Making Art Matter, the art wizardess herself, please welcome Emilia Colliver. Great day. Thank you for being here. How are you? Oh, what a great introduction. Thank you so much. Love it. <laughs> Wonderful. Excellent. Thank you so much. And how great is it that we met um, a month ago? Was it a month? Two months ago? Yeah. No, no, it was wild. It was wild. And um, yeah, you know, it's just they talk about networking and just being connected and being in the place. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good time. You, I, Ollie and Austin for Consensus. That was your first time going to Consensus, right? That's right. That's right. That was that was wild. Um, and then I went on to um, NFT New York after that. I think I preferred Austin, actually. It just felt a little bit smaller. Mm, for sure. And before, where were you? You were at another event in Austin like the week prior too, right? Yeah, well, yeah, Decentral. So it was a smaller, I suppose, grassroots. Uh, yeah, it's more of a grassroots um, conference, I'd say. It was actually really great. I met some really good people there. It was I mean, I, I love that idea of not just the bigger conferences or smaller conferences because they tend to be a little bit smaller and you meet different people and you learn about the smaller projects as well. You know, the next, the smaller projects going to be the next big projects, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And, and I think that's a great segue. So you were on a tour. You were like, I don't know how many weeks it was, but why were you on this tour? Okay, that's a great question. Uh, so three and a half weeks through the US, um, I'm I'm based in Sydney, Australia, as you mentioned. Um, I had the investment from Animoca um, about a year before that, and I've just been getting into NFTs. I've been learning about it, being an art curator, being in the industry for a long time. I was like, I need to I need to understand what's happening overseas because I feel like I feel like in America. There's just so much more going on. I mean, Australia's got 23 million people with the size of Florida. If you put that into perspective, it really it makes you understand like how small Australia is. So my intention was just to go out there and learn as much as I possibly can. Um, I remember contacting you guys, Palm, and, and I got very excited about um, just what you guys are doing in the space. And just looking at all the different projects that are really exciting me in the art world. So I just thought, it, I felt like it was an MBA really, like a, you know, a month MBA of just learning. So, and I had just a really open mind. Um, I, I did hook up with um, Blockchain Australia, but I tended not to hang out with too many Australians just because I wanted to meet, uh, you know, lots of different international people. So that really served me well. Awesome. And did you feel like you 
What were some of your main takeaways? You were like, hey, I'm in Australia. A lot of this stuff is happening overseas in the U.S. What were some of your your main kind of realizations that you were able to take from that Uh, tour? Yeah, well, that's so quite a few things, actually, that it's really a very emerging market. Nothing's really everyone's it's like this this race to get to the end but it's also this quite experimental phase actually it's a really wonderful phase to be in and uh, lots of different ideas um, lots of learnings so uh, also I like the idea of web 2 to web 3 so when I had someone said web 2.5 I was like yes that's what it feels like we're in this it hasn't yet emerged I also realized there was a lot of hot air out there as well like I think there's a lot of people that were <laughs> starting projects and you're asking questions about it, but they couldn't really give you an honest answer or their backgrounds. They hadn't, they're just coming in, they've probably heard about the bull rush and it felt like, or the gold rush, they call it, like, you know, everyone's running in to find, you know, pan that piece of gold sort of thing. And that's actually what it felt like a little bit. Um, I suppose now that the, the market has sort of contracted a bit, which I prefer, it's like then all the, you know, I suppose all the tricks, <laughs> just the ones that we're trying to get in there have probably d- diminished. So... Um, this is actually a really good time to be building, really good time to be really consolidating actually how for the next wave. I was talking to someone yesterday, I said, so I was like, oh, it's a really bad market. I said, no, actually, if you can actually build a business when it's actually down, you you build it when it goes up. That's that's the best thing because you're going to be riding that that wave rather than, you know, at the peak and then you crash. It's 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 the other way around. So that gave me, I, I think the also um, being in the US really gave me a lot of confidence um, just personally, just where I'm where I am. Um, also the other idea was, we, I went to a lot of, especially in consensus, there was Christie's and Sotheby's doing a lot of the, you know, talking about digital art and the the the, the height of the market. But then at the bottom of it, you've got all these these projects and these you know, people that are making a huge amount of money, but they're sort of these young, young and that, that market hasn't sort of caught up. And I feel like I sit in the middle of that market mm-hmm. and I feel like we've still got a couple of years until that, that segment actually has connected. That was just my feeling of... Um, just when I was talking with people and and uh, yeah, just meeting with different people and just talking about art, a lot of a lot of these large organisations that are working in the art world actually don't have an art curator on hand. Like mm-hmm. I was really surprised when I met with um, like Super Rare and I was like speaking to John and he's mentioned he's got a, two curators and I asked him about where they were. He actually couldn't tell me much about their background and so that's another. I was just really surprised that there's not more people are not collaborating with art curators that have actually been in the industry for a long time. I think there are a few people out there doing it, but generally people are curating their own, um, yeah, rather than coming from the fine art. So that was a big surprise for me as well, that there hasn't been more of that crossover and collaboration. It it, it is slowly springing up, don't get me wrong, but I think over the next couple of years that 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 will also change. So if we could just kind of pull on that thread there for a second, as someone who's been an art curator for damn near over a decade, yeah. what is your insight as to why there has not been that cross-pollination? Do you think that there might be some sort of opinions held from the fine art side that, sure, Sotheby's went ahead, did something, Christie's did something, but do you think that there's still kind of a cultural pushback against, oh, these NFTs, that's not art and this is the way to do it? Why do you think that those two haven't really come to, to the table together? Yeah, and that's a great question. I think there's just so many parts of that question. I mean, there's different segments as well. You've got the artist on one side 
A lot of you got to remember these artists have gone to art school, uh, usually more the traditional art schools that you learn to paint, you learn to draw. So it's very traditional. And if you're represented by a gallery, what happens within that gallery space is you paint the collection and, you know, for a year, every two years, your then your collection goes up for a month and then you have an opportunity to, to, to purchase those artworks. So and it depends on what the contract is for those artists as well, if they can move outside of big doing digital art, for instance. Um, so that's that's something to consider. And then if, if they're traditional artists, moving into that technology is quite hard and then learning about NFTs. And there is a lot of, you know, talking about climate and what's that doing to the environment. So and a lot of artists do sit on that more, uh, I suppose, you know, climate conscious. So a lot of them are a little bit scared but don't know actually how to do it. So there's, I think there's the artist bucket, like thinking from that. But then there's there are artists within that that are actually exploring that space. And then you've got digital artists that are purely have designed, started and being digital artists. And within that, there might be that traditional artist moving into that space as well. So I think that's a part of it. And then on the other side, you've got um, the, the art curators that are learning how to how to curate, how to work with, uh, how to work with clients in the space as well. I mean, my main clients are um, mainly corporate clients. So with my first business, Art Pharmacy, we um, we work with those traditional artists and we put them into corporate art collections like Deloitte in Sydney, uh, Melbourne. Parramatta, which is um, west of Sydney here, and um, the capital Canberra. Very more traditional artworks, painters, muralists, um, vinyl artists, uh, public artwork like sculpture. So that's that's the more traditional forms. And with the Sugar Glider business, we, we really thought about digital artists that are just breaking out of that and we can work with them. What we're also trying to do now is actually find um, those traditional artists and work with animators to animate some of their works as well. So you're still getting those traditional artists coming into the space as well and we're supporting their journey. And it's not easy and it's not cheap to do that as well and takes time to do it because you've got to make sure that the artist is happy and signing it off that their work has changed somewhat, especially working with First Nation artists as well, um, how that can sort of change um, as well. So there's lots of different factors to that question and I'm not sure if I've sort of answered it, but... I'm I'm still trying to sit with it and try to <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> um, uh, trying to understand how 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 the market's working and how it actually is changing as well. And I think on the other side, it depends on. I, I have a philosophy as well, and this might be so wrong, um, but I feel like when we're I mean I'm meeting a lot of people in the space now that have come back actually from the US. I met a lot of Australians, and I'm catching up with them. Actually, a few today though, where I met some people and so it was actually really great for me to sort of do that networking over here and and they've explained to me you know in the early days they were buying that bitcoin really you know the 2014 or two they, they purchased it really really early and then they didn't know where to sort of spend their money so then that's where the nfts have sort of come about and then it depends on and they've been driving that culture and and some of the pieces that have come out of that are probably not so far like and you wouldn't call it classical fine art but then I think that there is now what's happening is rather than the, I suppose, you know, the, the avatars now is actually moving into more of that fine art space where you're seeing those traditional painters coming in and working with them. So I am seeing a lot of these, these you know, more organisations or companies that are actually working with those artists as well. So 
it's sort of it's sort of going yeah there's lots of different factors going on I'd love to actually I'd love to map it all out actually it's, it's probably a good thesis to be honest with you Savan <laughs> yeah, yeah you could have a whole series break it down on your podcast throw it on LinkedIn and uh and I'm yeah. sure it'll bring some some great visibility that whole uh concept or the way you kind of just laid that out it made me think you raised oh. your pre-seed funding in was it 2020 or 2021 well, it was 2020, but yeah, we finally got the money in 2020. No, this year. So no, it was last. It was last year, so 2021. And the story is, I, I'm an EO, it's an entrepreneur organization. In mm-hmm. um, it's actually an American. Have you heard of that EO? Uh, sort of I, like- I, I may have heard of it, but the reason I asked you the question is because yeah. you said something earlier about the importance of people being able to build in these down market conditions. And I would say it really wasn't until like summertime or Q3 of 2021, the NFTs like really, you know, went, got kind of ridiculous. So I was curious how NFTs really came on your radar and how you, because obviously to have an idea and then spin up a business and then go raise on that business, that, that takes some time. So you you had the the inclination, you know, pretty early on, I would say, in, in, in what was probably the total life cycle of the, the general awareness of NFTs. So I'm just curious what that process was like. That's a great question. I think I heard a lot about it and just being in the arts. And again, if you, I was more in that traditional art sense. Um, and I, I heard about, I heard about um, NFTs and I was just exploring actually what it was. And when I saw from EO, Yatsu was talking um, online and he was, I really liked his philosophy. So for me, I, for me, I'm all about the person. It's not just about the company. It's about the person. And I, he was speaking and he was talking about decentralised and, you know, with communities, with Facebook, why do we, you know, we, we, we get these massive Facebook numbers and then all of a sudden you have to actually pay to be a part of Facebook. And I was like, that is so true. Like, how annoying is that? It happens within my business. Like, we've got this massive Facebook following, then I have to pay to go and, you know, talk to my, <laughs> my fans. And it's just ridiculous. So I like that idea and it, it sort of probably made me a little bit angry um, slightly. And then he was telling me about how his parents were um, classically ch- musicians in Austria so I thought you know what he actually understands the artist's journey Um, so then he said oh there's a fund out there and I applied and we we did get the funding come through but that was at the end of I think it happened in August I saw him talk and then September and it took a while to go through there was thousands of people applied I think about 20 about 27 people 27 groups all around the world went through and we went through actually it was in February this year February for a whole month and we had all people from all around the world talking to us, um, just learning. It's like, a, again, it was like an um, MBA about NFTs, Web3, blockchain. There was also there was a gaming side and there's also a food tech side, interestingly enough, that they mm. invested in. Um, I'm still all very much in touch now. Um, but the coming back to the NFTs, I was, I'm, I'm really funny about my reputation and also, t- I, you know, I represent thousands of artists. We've got a massive database as well. So I'm very, I've been looking, I've been watching OpenSea, I've been watching how, um, you know, Super Rare, all the larger ones out there, how that's moving. And um, I really felt that, look, it's, I mean, look, the proof is in the pudding really with what's happened, with what's happened now, the sort of the, the down crash of, you know, the, I suppose crypto winter, they call it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, still watching that and, and, and waiting. It will come back. But I'm just making sure that the artist that I'm selecting and the artist I'm taking through has got longevity because the thing is, as soon as you're out there, your reputation's out there, 
you can't take it back. <laughs> That's the other thing. So um, I'm just just very careful and just make, you know making my mark. And I'm looking. I'm actually looking for um, a collaborator, I guess. To with Sugar Glider, it's different. We can go through that after. But looking at how I could start my own. Um, I suppose community and why because when you talk I have a lot of clients come to me going I want to go and do a DAO or I want to do some NFTs and people call me all the time about it and I'm like but what but why why do you want to do that and they think oh I just want to make money out of it it's a return on investment I was like yeah but you've got to think about the why before you you know because you're going to create that community so it's interesting I mean I'm not getting as many phone calls now to be honest with you that was like a couple of months ago (laughs) so yeah so um yeah. did I answer your question? No, for sure, for sure. Uh I think it's 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 what I heard from that fundamentally was you stayed in the loop and and you stayed a student. You know, you didn't have to uh go to these meetings for the entrepreneurs organization. You know, you you're a decade in with art pharmacy, so you could be like, well, what do I have to learn from this conversation? My business is great, you know. Um yeah. but I think that says a lot to to stay open minded and, and continuously try to strive to learn about what's really going on because, you know, I think it's very natural for us to get into a routine or a habit and it's the same way with technologies. You know, social media comes around and be like, oh, uh, what is that thing? And then eventually, you know, if you're not using it, you probably aren't getting the visibility you could. Ergo, you know, your your total addressable market is probably not as large as, as it would otherwise be. And in a similar vein, we're now seeing these other technologies drip out. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, that's a fad. That's a wave. Look, it was a bubble. It crashed. Ha ha ha. You know, but. If you're really paying attention and you are able to delineate the the signal from the noise, as they say, then you are able to kind of identify what really is the staying power and what does this bring to the table that fundamentally would not be possible otherwise or would be so much more work and, and rigor to achieve the same outcome. So what is it about? distributed ledger technology, blockchains, NFTs, you know, that verifiable authenticity. What was it about that technological innovation that you thought would be a benefit uh, so much so not to just incorporate it into art pharmacy, but to spin up Sugar Glider uh, as, an, as its own entity? Yeah, and great question. I mean, this is, and it's interesting, a lot of people do say, well, you're almost Web 2 going in Web Three and when we have these digital art assets on the large screens, that's when we'll we'll use you know the blockchain as a technology to say this is a block, this is where it, this this is a, this is the artist owns that, and then the royalties for that artist. I just love that idea rather than having to do a contract. So I work with a lot of lawyers. I've got like a contract for art for for, for our businesses, and you have to send it. So if you can, the fact that it's actually out there in the world, how amazing is that? And then also for many, many years to come, that artist over and over again is going to get that royalty and it just keeps delivering into their, you know, into their, um, into their wallet. I think that's a, it's a, it's fabulous. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's got a long way to go to be, I, I can see that, but just those beginning ideas ideas and way that that's going to happen and I love this idea of as I said there's a really great guy that did speak to us um in our cohort when we were going through this accelerator and he actually he predicted this he goes it's all going to crash just watch it and I was like and uh, and as soon as he said that I thought you're absolutely right because it's like the the 90s or was it the 90s or 2000s so he was talking about the ruby rails he's like it's going to happen but then in those 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 larger companies or those smaller companies, they're the ones that will actually come out of the ashes. So, and that's what I like about that blockchain. It's still going to stay, but these new companies are going to be forming and using that. So, 
I really think I'm so excited to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years with this space and this technology and, and who's at home right now in their offices re, replanning their, 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 not their attack, but how to come, come back out from, from this. Um, it's, yeah, it's a really, really exciting. But I think I want to come back to that blockchain um, comment there. I do have a lot of artists and a lot of clients now I actually don't mention it, like especially to web two clients in a city more of those corporate clients actually take out blockchain from (laughs) I don't even tell them about it anymore because they're like what is that and I have to explain what an NFT is and what a block like it's so now I just say this is what we do this is what we deliver and then it's our technology behind it you know when you go into a you know when you go and buy something you don't find out about the technology do you you just automatically do it so it's the same sort of thing so I've now sort of blocked, not blocked it, but I, unless they really do ask me, I actually mm-hmm. don't mention it to the clients. And I'm taking it out of my actual client debts now when I contact them. Um, and same with the artists, depending on where they are. Um, usually the artists we're working with are quite open-minded, but we are working with a couple of First Nations artists that are a little bit, you know, we've got one at the moment who's like, what's an NFT? And I said, look, just trust us. We've got a good reputation and we're on that journey with them at the moment um, and explaining what it is and, um, yeah, hold, holding their hand, I guess. It takes a lot longer to do that, but, um, yeah, it's good. I imagine it, it, it takes a little bit longer. Are you finding any recurring themes when you're speaking? Because I'm, let's just focus on the artist in particular and then yeah. maybe we can talk about the, the clients who want to bring that art into their their space. What are you finding as being the people who are interested in it? Are you noticing something just fundamentally different about them that they are interested in it? And uh, what is it that they think that they find as most beneficial with the the NFT component to it? And anybody who's a little bit weary, what are you usually finding or their reservations with that technology uh, being used? Uh, there are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the thing is, I think because it's crypto winter out there and, you know, I remember going to parties and everyone's talking about, you know, crypto and this and that. And now no one ever talks about it. Right. Um, So I think that's also come back into the artists' minds as well. Generally, because we're now working with digital artists, they tend to be a couple of steps more further than the traditional painter I guess so they're a little bit more open open-minded um, and just remember we're doing like digital art as digital artworks they're not just an nft so an nft is like you know quite smaller these particular works are, are massive works on large screens like if you get an nft if you have to blow it up it's probably quite pixelated so we're having to get you know um have it in a cloud like even to try and send you one of these um artworks that we it, you know sometimes takes up to 20 minutes to send it to you it's just insane what's the resolution so usually is it like 8k 4k yeah 4 to 8k yeah mm. depending on the size and depending on the size of the screen as well so this is what we're trying to uh, we're in beta testing i guess at the moment where we've got real clients um we've got, actually got four four signed off contracts which is great great but it's like oh I need to sort of you know we're building that technology at the moment of um how to deliver those screens those artworks really quickly because we're doing a subscription base so every three months there's a new artwork three new artworks that get delivered to your screen well depending on your subscription uh and then they also change you know change depending on the season or you know if it's Thanksgiving Christmas or First Nations week so we're we're really trying to think about how that works within the space because we're working with a lot of corporate clients, and if you, if you, I don't know, if you've been to a corporate office recently, 
nobody's there. Like it's actually (laughs) like they're all gone. Like Mm. Sydney, they're all getting everyone to come back. And actually in in the US, it felt a lot, um, there's a lot going on. We were in Melbourne. I was just down in Melbourne just yesterday and um, the city is a ghost town. It it was it was super affected by COVID. I think we had they had the longest lockdown in the whole wide world. Like it was, and there's a lot of like a lot of weird stuff happening down there. Let me tell you. So I think it's like a and a lot of people aren't in those offices and and they're using digital art to try and bring them back into you know into the offices hmm. to make it a place to and you and there and also that there's another trend as well because I work in that property sector. And again, I was up on the Gold Coast recently for a property conference. So I was learning about the new trends. So ESG is a trend, but also getting people back to the office is a massive trend. So we're a part of that. Um, mm. And also ESG, so which is the environmental, social and governance. I'm not sure. I'm sure you probably know what mm-hmm. that is. Because um, yeah, you are um, a B Corp uh, certified. Yes, that's right. Which is again in Australia, no one knows what it is, but yeah, in America, they're that? like, "Yeah!" I was like, "Yes!" So that makes me feel good when I go to the US. I'm like, "Yay!" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you could just break that down for people, what that means and kind of the process that you had to go through to get that approval. Well, it was an. It took a long time. Um, <laughs> so it was about for. So they basically ESG is looking at if you're making your for-profit company, which we are. Um, in the early days of art pharmacy, I, I, I was very much, um, I actually couldn't really afford to even pay the f- lawyer's fees to actually be a non-for-profit company. So you can get charity because it was, just, and then have a board, which actually in hindsight, it was a good thing. Um, but because you can, you can get some investment from, you know, for, but anyway, it didn't work out for me, but in a way it was, it was amazing. But yeah, so B Corporation is, um, yeah, looking at, how you're looking after your, your social impact, really. So we support many artists. When when you come to us, um, we will we will we will give you a long list of artists. And um, so once you've signed everything else, to, depending on where the artwork is, this is for art pharmacy. Um, so if you've got a big long mural wall, or if you have a big public artwork, uh, we will give you we'll give you a long list of artists. And within within that, there will be. Um, your culturally, linguistically diverse artists, uh, First Nations artists, male-female ratio. So we really think about not just handing the same artist over over again, because there are some art consultants that do that. They work with the same ten artists. It's actually quite easy for them. But then what happens is you're finding the whole city is homogenized. So there's an artist which I won't name, and I've just got an email from an architect asking for his name. And actually, she emailed me three times because she was she really wanted this artist. And I emailed her back yesterday and I said, can you please try and find, and he's an Indigenous artist, fantastic artist. I said, can you find diversity within diversity, please? Because everyone's trying to use Mm. these artists. I said, he's in every single development within Sydney, like a five-mile radius, and it all looks homogenised. I was like, what is that? So that gets my goat as well. So but coming back to B Corp, it's really about how you support your local uh, community. And so last in if between 2019 and 2021, we gave back $1.3 million back to our local community, all suppliers in Australia and artists. So we're really proud of that considering we're a small business. Uh, and, and this year we're going through that um, at the moment. I think we've given about 350000 and we're just going through that at the moment. Um, so don't quote me on that, but that'll come out in my email. Uh, but it's it's uh, the, the process is long. They look at how you um, sustainability, like how you throw out your rubbish. Like when you've got an event, do you use, are you using plastic straws? Are you using, like how are you running events? How are you doing things? 
things um, within the organisation? Like, are you taking, um, you know, are, can you can you ride? Do you have end of facilities at your office? Do you have um, the option of like um, transport cards, um, little things like that? And then thinking about the community, who you're working with, and your clients. So there's about five or six main areas my advice would be if you're going to go down that route to get a um, B Corp certified like coach we found someone and she sort of coached us through it it's actually writing policies for your business that's pretty much it if I have to round it mm. up like how you deal with people when they come in how you deal with artists how you deal with your clients if someone's unhappy um, you're getting all these ratings um, and they go through your financials and it was it took about 18 months it was a long time um, and then you have to get certified every year to say that you're meeting those guidelines. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, we're very proud we got it. I mean, I have to say whew, it was just even now I'm like, whew, I can't believe we did that. <laughs> yeah. anyway, now, I'm curious when when you started up Sugar Glider, now the B Corp sort of certification is for Art Pharmacy and Sugar Glider or just is for both of them? Yeah, well, this is yeah. That's a great question. Um, with art pharmacy, it's it's I've I've kept it to itself, and with with Sugar Glider, it's a totally different, separate business. Mm -hmm. So I've I'm actually looking at. I mean, we're still starting up, right? We've only been going for about eight months now. So we're already starting to track the artists that we're working with. We're tracking our clients. We're tracking. So we're already doing that. And I think I need more um, tracking information and we've got our policies. So I think in about six months' time I will apply. But, again, it will be quite long. But because I know from the first Go how to do it from the beginning. So if you are out there and you're a new business and you're starting up or if you're a larger business, start thinking about this and start tracking early on and just have something in your diary where, you know, what you're doing to give back. And you've got to measure these things. So you've got to measure your own. Um, so ours is about the artist and you know, where they come from, who they are. Are they regional Australia? Are they here? Yeah, so that's how we sort of mainly track our social impact. And you can do it in different ways. Like it could be sustainability, um, it could be the way that, you you know, you, with your staff, you let them have off one day a week. You know, you could be doing a wellness uh, plan within your uh, within your organisation. So there's lots mm -hmm. of different tangents you can go down. But it's, it's, it's and, and they've got a really great community as well with like-minded people. I, I actually didn't realise how much I love people that are B Corp. Like, they just think differently. They're not thinking, they're not very selfish. They're like, how can I, okay, I'm making money, but how can I also support this next generation because you know we've all got we've all got so much in our lives right i feel mm -hmm. like you know do you need anything more in your life like do you need that <laughs> extra thing like mm. it's you know we, we just have so much and it's and then you look around the world of or even in our own societies and around our back door there's a lot of people that are doing it quite bad so if you can try and have a different mindset yeah i, I like the mindset from them and um yeah it's it's great yeah cuz I was curious, they've been around for a while. I don't know how long they've been around, but I've, I've been seeing them on products for at least the last, you know, decade, 15 years. And I was curious how quickly they are educating themselves about these different chains and the different sort of environmental implications. Uh, and a lot of it is overblown. I'll just say, you know, personally, I'll just put that yeah. on record. But regardless, I mean, I get where people are coming from. So I was just curious how they may be navigating, you know, oh, okay, well, sugar glider do you use this blockchain do you use that yeah. blockchain and if that in any way impacts um how they're rating you and then another thought i had while you were talking was i don't know i'm just throwing out an idea here but if you have considered 
actually writing it into the contracts themselves where um, part of the proceeds with what's going on with, with Sugar Glider is automatically sent to a different charity. Because depending on the way that the, the architecture is built in the smart contract layer, you can actually add somebody else's like a royalty recipient from these different artworks. And then that could be another way to kind of streamline some of this donation process and, and be able to have it, you know, very one-to-one track with what uh, a particular art work or artist yeah. is doing. And, you know, B Corp couldn't do that before. So maybe you showed them yeah. some new shit, you know? I know this is it. And, you know, what? you're absolutely right about that. And I do wonder if they even are across this. I don't think they are. I mean, maybe. I I'm doubt just it. Assuming. That's what I'm saying. So there could be an opportunity there to start your own. We could actually start our own salon, uh, our own, like we can call it, well, what could we call it? Something corp. <laughs> and, and I mean, there are a couple, because I, I have looked into this, this and, and what you're mentioning here, this is very close to my heart because if you give 1%, it's nothing, but that 1%, that all accumulates and you give yeah. back. So that's something that we are definitely looking into. We're looking at, do we start our own? Do we go and partner with someone that is already doing something? Like I met this really great guy yesterday and he's been in Pakistan. He has all these dev teams out there. And he's just gone in, bought two shops for in the middle of in this in this really big town, and he's getting a GP in these quite poor towns, and it's cost it doesn't cost him a lot, but he's now getting the Pakistani government. He's giving back, and I, I was like, "This is Beacon. What you're doing here? This is social impact." And I thought, you know, if, trying to find people to to also partner with as well. I think that's really important, but. It's interesting that you've talked about that because that's something that I would love to do. Um, and I think it's in me as well. I've, I've often thought about what about I start my own one and I'm always, I always tend to sort of hear people that have, um, you know, it's, and it's not much like to give such a small amount. And I was really depressed actually, not depressed, but when I was in the US, when I did meet these, you know, these these companies that are earning all this money, like, you know, some of these guys, who knows, some people telling me, oh, he's a billionaire or a millionaire, whatever he is. And then you ask him, you say, like, what, how are you giving back? You're right at the top of the pinnacle. How are you giving back? They actually couldn't answer a lot of it because I suppose they're so new, they've formed and they haven't really come up with these ideas. So maybe people who are listening as a podcast, I think there is opportunity there to actually um, start businesses that can actually help these larger organisations because they don't know actually where to look um, and where to find those. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe that's something in me as well, um, you know, down the track. It certainly it could open be. something up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, glad to hear it. Uh, if we could shift gears just a touch. You are a founder in Web3, right? I don't know if you wear that that title on your sleeve proudly. Uh, you know, it's different energy that you get during the bull run and the bear yes! market with that. I can't um, believe it. Yes, that is exciting. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. It's good. For sure. Yeah, because yeah. reason, because I remember there was, um, it was like the second or third day of consensus. And, you know, it was like, all right, cool. You know, they had the, the Outcast uh, concert that night prior. And it was like, boom, well, you know, let's let's catch up tomorrow and see where you're at. And I remember you you mentioning that there was like a uh, all-women panel or yes. something like that and so uh being a founder in web3 and a woman you 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 are in a a smaller bucket of people at this moment how yes. has that experience been have you found a lot of people reaching out to you for some leadership and maybe they weren't as familiar with you before sugar glider now they are and they're like yo amelia you did it you you started a company you raised from one of the biggest firms you know firms in the space you have a dope you know niche that you're in uh how has that really been for you 
Wow, that's a really big question. You want me to be honest? <laughs> I don't expect shit but honesty. Come on now. Yes. Yeah, okay. Look, you know, it's been, I mean, this is, I'm on my third business. I didn't tell you, but I've run a, another cultural, culture scouts walking tour. So I'm on my third business and I'm more confident than ever because I feel like I've, I don't know, just now that I've, I've you know, had one, COVID got rid of it. I'm now in another, and there, now this is a third. So I have this confidence, but I have to say, it, it's not easy. But I said it to someone recently. I said, wow, it's actually not easy. But I've looked around a bit and I was like, wow, it's actually a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you, um, being a, a female founder. And I did go to Crypto Babes and then there was another one called Bad Bitch Empire. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, And I can, and I actually met a lot of, um, went to both of them actually, Um and really, it was it was really great to meet um, other females in the space. A lot of them sort of starting out. Other people that were just, yeah. I mean, look. I suppose I I, I suppose it's the diversity. You know, diver- diversity. I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. Look, it's it's been harder than it's been harder than I thought. Actually, to be honest with you, and I actually have felt the fact that I am female. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you sometimes feel like actually. I am the odd one out slightly. Like sometimes I've been to events. I'm like, wow, there's only like five females, and and that's okay because <laughs> it's that's okay. But I yeah, and and I think they say that um, I actually met this great woman called uh, Lucinda Hartley, who's she started a tech business not within Web three, and um, I she's from Melbourne, and we've been following each other LinkedIn, and we we sat down at this property conference and. She said to me, Amelia, I've just got investment only from female founders, only all my, all of them are female. And I was like, really? She's like, yes. I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, wonder, I've got so many questions around that because I'm like, did you actually go out and seek that? Um, so I, I, who knows? I mean, the thing is about investment, it's also, it's a marriage, right? It's like a business marriage. That's one thing. It's like when you're, you know, with your partner, it's, it's a journey to Together. And it's the same thing with, with investors as well. And I have met quite a few people which I'm like, I would not go, like, <laughs> no, definitely not want to go and work with, with them. And um, But you also you can, coming back to that B Corp thing is um, who, who's actually on your panel? And there's something here in Sydney again, um, in Manly, they've got this NFT event, all four guys. It's like, come on, guys, have you not got that right? Like, And also <laughs> thinking about who's on your panel too. And I went to a couple of events for in New York, NYC, and again, there's these four white guys getting up, middle at like sort of in their thirties. I was like, wow. And I knew one of the guys that did it, and I said to him, "Hey, what happened there?" And he sort of <laughs> laughed me off. But I was like, no, like really, like have you not, <laughs> have you not been mm. reading? Like, where have you been sitting under a rock or something? But it's it's still. I think I heard I heard a quotation years ago that it takes fifteen percent of the population to actually. If fifteen percent of the population can get behind it, then you've actually then it goes into mainstream. So anything with climate change, I suppose like Black Lives Matters. Um, like even we think about web web three, then it, once that hits that, then it starts it starts that. And I think we haven't got to that. We haven't got to that fifteen percent in Web three, but the ESG side, that female tech foundry side as well. I mean, look, generally, I suppose men are actually much better in that sort of tech. You know, they're incredible in that sort of side. I suppose what I bring to the space is the fact that the experience that I have. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's it's a it's it's a journey. Um, I'm actually loving it because 
I'm watching the reactions and um, understanding because I feel like it's avatar, right? You know, when you meet someone, you've got an avatar with them and you've got to find mm. out it, are we connected, how do we connect and um, what are your views that I can learn in a different perspective? I love people seeing people's perspectives on things because everyone thinks so differently. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the avatar moment, I call it. We I'm had an avatar moment special. actually. Mm. Yeah, that made me think of that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think when you meet different people, there's varying levels of resonance, right? My partner and I were talking about this the other day, and um, you know, you might resonate on on point A, point B, point C, whatever. Uh, but the more resonance there is, typically, the more harmonious that interaction or or that relationship is going to be. And uh, I think that there are certain situations where that can be felt more palpably more quickly. And then others where you're mm. kind of like sitting there, like uh, maybe we're both still tuning the piano and, uh, and then we'll, we'll figure out in a second if there's some resonance there, but that is a cool way to think about it. The avatar moment. I think that. Actually, and I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal the tuning the piano bit. <laughs> that's a good one. Cause yeah. I can see you. Yeah. Cleaning it out. But, um, yeah. and that's what life's about really. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's actually about, finding the right people to come on your journey, right? It's not actually, it's, and then this is the thing, it's not just about the financial thing, it's actually the the whole of yourself is actually how can you uh, be whole in every single day and how can you live a life to know that tomorrow you could be gone? I mean, how good is that? I That's the way I try and live my life every day. I'm like, if I'm gone tomorrow, I'm, am I happy with what I did today and how I was with my friends, family, blah, 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 and, and it's hard to do. But I think if you can get there in life, and especially when you're younger, because you just meet so many people that are so crabby and um, <laughs> so sad, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's real. That's real. That it's is true. real. All right. So as uh, as we kind of get uh, to, to the end of this conversation, uh, I'm just curious, any any thoughts you may have, they can be hot takes, cold takes, whatever, just Emily's takes. Oh, what are my takes? Yeah. Uh, if you if you listen to this, um, I, I think if, if, you, if you have an idea or you're thinking about it, just start. This is the best time to start anything. And start on the side and if you're working full time and you're like, oh, I can't do it, start on the side because the things it takes about five to seven years to start a business to get to that point where you're making decent money, you're hiring people. I mean, it might be quicker, maybe in this Web3 space, it's, but it, it takes five years to really get your confidence up. So if you've got an idea, just start now. It's easy to put a website up and just jump in and learn. Um, that would be my, one of my things. Um, also, you gut instinct, always trust your gut, your gut's never wrong. And I think Olivia Newton-John, she just passed um, yesterday and I think she she was in a massive yoga and someone put it up somewhere and she said, she always said, I have to trust my gut. And your your gut's never wrong. When you feel like something's not right, it always is. So coming back to yourself, um, I think that's just really important. Um, And then speaking out if you're not having a good time as well, if um, there was in our uh, cohort um, one of the one of the founders yeah one of the founders actually committed suicide recently which is um, yeah I'm quite upset about actually so um, I wasn't very close to him but was one of the other guys and yeah I think I, I I was sad to hear so and I know that there's it's probably um, rifle through the community um, yeah I was yeah as saddened by that and I th- I think that within this space as well there's a, a lot of that um, so if you're feeling bad or whatever or blame um because there was a lot of messages that came out of that and I thought wow um how you know how did that happen and that put you know his 
And I was talking with my husband about it. I said, how do you get to that point when you say you give up? We should, we should never give up. So, um, yeah, that's probably a bit more, a little bit deep there. Um, and um, what else is like actually just have fun, like set an intention. Um, every word, I have a word of the year. Last year was flow. And actually we had an intention for this podcast, which is also flow, because I love when you go down a river and when you get it, when you meet a big rock, instead of pouncing it, you just float around it. Mm-hmm. So that was my word. This year is intention. So everything, every time I meet people, I want to set an intention with them. I want to understand um, intention. I think it's a really powerful. And if you can have a power, a year of the word for your your team for everything that you do, um, I think that's um, really powerful. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. And just have fun, like have fun. <laughs> Yeah. Sage advice. Great wisdom. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate people are comfortable talking about the deeper things or the sort of topics that aren't, you know, um, that just get to the, the core of what it is that we do day to day, which is live life. And, uh, and I think it could be a good reframe to kind of get out of the kind of narrow focus that can often spring up, uh, particularly in this space. And I know something definitely that I deal with. Uh, cool. So, uh, please let the people know where they can find you, how they can reach out, how they can work with you, whether it be art pharmacy, sugar glider, or some other capacity, uh, please let the people know where they can find you. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, so we're on LinkedIn. I know that's probably like Amelia Colliver, E-M-I-L-Y-A Colliver. Um, always love to hear. And I put up uh, posts every week. This is mainly for my, more my corporate clients, I guess. That's the reason why I'm in there. Um, uh, I'm, I'm on Telegram as well, Sugar Glider Digital on Twitter um, and Instagram, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, but reach out. I always love to hear, if, especially if you're anywhere around the world, I always love to hear from you. It's Amelia at Sugar Glider Digital. But have a look at us. It's like the little animal. Someone did to me the other day. So do you know what a sugar glider is? And he went, shh. Like this week. And he was just sort of, he was probably a guy in his 50s. And it was such a cute thing to do. And he goes, Yeah, I remember when I was a kid. And I was like, I just, I loved him even more when he did that to me. Um, so it's a little sugar glider. And and the idea I forgot to tell you is it's it's an, a marsupial in Australia, and they they give their milk young, which is a bit a bit random. Um, but they fly. Uh, from one tree to the other in the dark. And it, it was my web two to web three journey. So that's the why it's called Sugar Glide Digital because um, I'm learning how to how to fly in the dark <laughs> and learn about web three. So that's that's also um yeah uh yeah so yeah find me there. Um and thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so good to connect with you again after um meeting you in the in 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 hot sweaty Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it was hot. Uh, but it was a good time and, and, and it was definitely one of the highlights of the trip. So thank you for making yeah. the time. Uh, thank you for, for being on and I look forward to the next one. Thank you. Thank you.